If you have your Bibles, I want to invite your attention to Proverbs 29. Proverbs 29, one verse, verse 18. We'll look at that verse in just a moment as you turn there. Give a little background. We are starting this new year in a series that is focused on vision. And it's a word that has popped up in bulletins and on bulletin boards all around the church. And people have questioned, what is this strange word that we're seeing? The word is kazon. And that word kazon is a Hebrew word for vision. And we're going to talk about that a lot for the next eight weeks. As you're turning to Proverbs 29, let me start with a a little pitch, if I can. You ready? I want to give you the secret to a dynamic and powerful 2018. Hopefully I hooked somebody right there. Everybody likes secrets. I want to share with you a key to reaching your full potential. Not just trying or attempting, but actually being fully engaged and being the very best you that you can be in 2018. I want to give you that secret and that key. In fact, I want to give to you this morning a guaranteed formula for success. Have I got anybody's attention? But wait, there's more. I knew you wanted to hear that. How about this? I want to give you a proven strategy that will guide you into the full and abundant life that God has for you. Some of you are saying, how many easy payments will it take? I know that I sound exactly like an infomercial. I don't know about you, but infomercials to me can be so intriguing. I mean, there's this slick shyster that is is trying to sell me something, and he tells me all that's wrong with my life, and he says, do you feel such and such? Are you tired of this? And I go, yes, I really am. I kind of do feel that way. And it's 2 o'clock in the morning, and all I wanted to do was go to the refrigerator and get a, a bottle of water, and I turn the TV on mindlessly, and all of a sudden I'm sucked in, and, and they make this product or this service seem like something that I just can't live without. Part of me wants to pick up the phone and call that 800 number and order. So if I'm talking to you this morning about a secret or a key or a proven strategy or a formula that is exact and tried and true, maybe some of you, like me, have perked up and said, I want some of that. Well, I'm afraid it's far, far more likely that you'll be disappointed in those kinds of sales pitches then you will be excited about the product delivering on what God would, uh, or what, what they have promised you. But I would tell you this, if you're interested in this kind of a, a formula for your life, you won't be disappointed because God has exactly that for all of us. And it's not just a, a feel-good mentality. What I want to talk to you about is kazone. Everybody say that word with me. Kazone. The question is, are you interested? You see, I want to introduce Kazone to you. Now that does almost sound like an infomercial kind of word. Let's show that picture. Because in in Kazone, here's what happens. You will define your vision, pursue your passion, and live out your purpose. Kazone is a word that comes directly from the Bible. And it's a Hebrew word that means vision. And in fact, in our text for today, we're going to see this word Kazone. And as we consider the word vision from the Bible, I want you to see this is far more than just putting a plan together for your life, a strategy for your life. This is not a set of New Year's resolutions. No, this is beginning to see what God has for each of us. And when we do that, when we search it out, I promise you it is a time-tested proven, guaranteed strategy. And as we look at vision together over the next eight weeks as a church family, what we're going to discover is that there are some incredible secrets to living the abundant life. 
I'm going to go ahead and place this disclaimer right up front. Some of you will hear the secret and be disappointed. And when you are, I hope that it will be an aha moment for you to evaluate your heart. You see, the secret to living a fulfilled life, the secret to reaching your maximum potential is to discover God's will for your life and to faithfully walk in it. Let me ask you a question. Are you disappointed? Were you looking for something that's flashier than that? Were you looking for something that had a little more pizzazz than the idea, you mean I just need to find God's will for my life and walk in it, Pastor? Yes. And today, from two passages of Scripture, this one in Proverbs and one in just a moment from the New Testament, we're going to begin to see what God would design for us. This Hebrew word that means vision is something that we need to investigate together. And over the next two months, we're going to look at how God has uniquely shaped each of us with our past experiences and with our spiritual gifts. Some of you walked into this place full well knowing that your past experiences have shaped you. Some of you have never really given that much thought, but you are sort of an amalgamation of all the books that you've read and the people that you've met and the choices that you have made up until this point. And so my desire is that we would begin to see how God can take all of those things that have shaped us till now and can infuse a God-sized vision into our lives that will lead us forward in our relationships, in our, our marriages, in our families, in our jobs, in our health, all across the board, and certainly in our spiritual life. You see, we have deemed 2018 at Hardy Street Baptist Church to be a season of growth. And my desire is the next 12 months for all of us would be very intentional in that path of growth. That we would focus in in a clear, intentional pursuit of God. That we would follow God intentionally. It was said just this last week in our Bible study as we started to think about this idea of kazon, this vision from God. From this passage of Scripture we'll look look at that when there's no vision, there's a very clear path. When there is a vision, there's a clear path. And you have to intentionally walk on this path. Here's a statement that I want to give you, and I want you to write down. Everyone ends up somewhere. Few people end up somewhere on purpose. Let me say that again. Everyone ends up somewhere. Few people end up somewhere on purpose. Look with me, if you will, at Proverbs 29, 18. Hopefully you've finished up writing that sentence. If you, if you haven't, I'm going to say it several times throughout the message. But I, I want you to get that. And the, the missing ingredient there between those two is intentionality. Everyone is going to end up somewhere. Few people end up somewhere on purpose. Proverbs 29, 18. I'll begin. We're going to read this from about four different translations of Scripture. The King James Version says this. Where there is no vision... The people perish, but he that keepeth the law, happy is he. In fact, read that with me. Let's stay right there. Let's, let's all sit up straight, take in a big deep breath, and let's read Scripture together. Where there is no vision, the people perish, but he that keepeth the law, happy is he. Let's read it from the New American Standard, which is really the, the translation that we most preach from here. Read it with me. Where there is no vision... The people are unrestrained, but happy is he who keeps 
the law. Let's look at a little bit more uh, simplified twist in the New Living Translation. Read with me. When people do not accept divine guidance, they run wild. But whoever obeys the law is joyful. Now let's read it from the message. And this is not a, a translation of Scripture. This is one man's interpretation. And, and it's uh, Eugene Peterson, a pastor and theologian, put together kind of the essence of the meaning of the text. It's not something that we would study on a consistent basis, but it can help you to understand Scripture. I want you to read this one with me. If people can't see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves. But when they attend to what he reveals, they are most blessed. Think about those words. Where there is no vision. That word vision is the word that we're talking about for these two months. Kazon. Everybody say kazon. Kazon is one of those Hebrew words that is interesting because to truly say it right, you have to say it almost like you're clearing your throat. Kazon. Don't say that if somebody's sitting real close to you, okay? You don't want to do that. That's not real polite, but it's kazon. And kazon is a vision from God, a revelation from God, a, a dream. It is a picture of what God desires for us. When we think about this idea of a vision, the vision of God is nothing more than the Word of God. God has revealed His will to us through His Word and through the living Word, His Son. That's why they, you see those two things put uh, in juxtaposition, the law and keeping the law or those that would cast off vision. Where there is no sense of God's revelation, the people are unrestrained. They have no direction. They are completely running wild. It says there in the message, they stumble all over themselves. I anybody here ever found your existence to be aimless? Have you ever marked off days or weeks, maybe even months or years? I mean, you just kind of ticked off those days, check, 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 and you found no real purpose. You see, everybody ends up somewhere, but not everyone ends up somewhere on purpose. And the Bible says to us right here that where there is no revelation from God, where there is no vision from God, where there is no direct uh, uh, message from God that people have no guardrails, no boundaries. They are unrestrained. They run wild. And this notion of vision for us is so important for us to see. You see, it's about the ability to see what God sees. It's about the ability to see what God wants. It's a lens for our lives, looking at the world and ourselves and others through those lenses. Now, I, I want us to look at some other scripture verses, and you can jot these down. Uh, Psalm 119 has a couple. Psalm 119:18. Open my, just listen, you can maybe jot down the reference, but open my eyes that I may see the wondrous things from your law. Psalm 119:30 says this, or 130, the entrance of your words gives light, it gives understanding to the simple. James 1.5, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all liberally without reproach, and it will be given unto him. How about 2 Kings chapter 6? You know the story. Elisha and his servant have been surrounded by enemy armies. 
and Elisha walks out and the servant is fearful for his life but Elisha sees with a different set of eyes Elisha sees beyond what you can see with your physical eyes and he prays a simple prayer there in 2nd Kings 6 he says oh Lord open his eyes that he may see and immediately the servant began to see that there were flaming chariots of fire all around the mountains that there were angels protecting them watching over them on their side he understood clearly greater is he that is with us than those that are against us he understood that the the Lord had gone before to fight his battle as scripture says but he had to have his eyes open and you and I need to begin to see uh, the world through the lens of the scriptures of God that the Bible would begin to shape our thinking it would begin to shape our understanding and that we would clearly see what God would have for us and the reason that I would say we need to start doing that is because I'm convinced that in America the church has become anemic and Christians have become anemic in fact uh, one pastor said it this way his name is Timothy McGee we are simply not producing the kind of Christians who produce the book of Acts why no vision no kazone, no revelation. We're not living by the precepts and principles of the Word of God. Now, I don't want to beat us up today and say that we ought to be living a different way. What I want to do today is encourage you by saying that we can live a different way. That your life is, uh, it is possible that in your life, regardless of your past, that you can begin walking in the ways of God. That leads us to a second passage of Scripture, Colossians chapter 2 verse 6. Turn there with me. Turn there with me if you will. As we consider Colossians 2, 6, I want you to see the difference between vision and no vision. Vision and no vision. If we were to go back to the book of Numbers in the Old Testament, I know I'm dancing around Scripture, but I'm letting Scripture hopefully shed light on itself. Twelve spies went into the promised land and as they went in there were two very distinct perspectives on the situation all 12 saw the giant all 12 saw that the land was difficult most of them saw themselves as grasshoppers you see they saw God in light of the giants but two came back with a unique report they came back and they saw the giants in light of their God and they said, no, 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 they are not giants in his eyes. They're like grasshoppers before our sovereign God. And, and they said, we can do what God has told us to do. See, if you've not heard that story or don't know it, here's what's happening. God was telling them, go in and survey the land because I'm giving you the land. And they said, we can't go into that land. It's impossible to take it over. Why? Because there are giants standing in the way. And those two spies out of the 12 came back and said, no, 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 no. Here's the deal. We know with great confidence that God is able to take care of this and he's already promised. See, they had a kazon. They had a revelation from God. God said, I'm giving you the land. And so they said, okay, God's given us the land. That means it's ours for the taking. Are you walking up to the level of your privilege as a Christian? Here's what I want you to see. No vision says, I can't move forward. I'm paralyzed. That's those spies. Vision, kazon, says, I'm going to obediently trust God and move forward in my life, in my thinking. Why are you here this morning? It's the first Sunday of the new year. Maybe you're here and you've never 
trusted God. You've, you're far from God. You've never crossed the line of faith. You've never come to a place where you submitted your heart and your life to Him. Maybe that's why you're here. Maybe you're here saying, I want to try something new. I've tried everything else and I want to try God. I want to consider Christianity. If that's you, this next text of Scripture has got your name all over it. Now, some of you are here, and you have maybe grown tired in your faith. And you're saying, I, I want to do better this year. I want to walk more closely with the Lord this year. Well, guess what? This text has got your name written all over it. Colossians chapter 2, verse 6. Let's look there together if we can. As you received Christ Jesus, the Lord, so walk. In Him. Read it with me. As you received Christ Jesus, the Lord, so walk in Him. Why is this verse so significant? You see, maybe today you're ready to cross the line of faith. Maybe you're ready to receive Jesus Christ. And this verse speaks to both. It speaks to both receiving the Lord and walking with the Lord. And wherever you are today, this verse begins to speak to us. You see, it, it, this verse wants to show you the way. How do you receive the Lord? It, it, it begins to give us some inclination that we can receive Him and walk in Him in the same way. I, I believe with all of my heart, those of you that are here that have not yet crossed the line of faith, whether you know it or not, you want Jesus. Because Jesus in your heart of hearts is the only solution, the only remedy to your problems. And you follow that one verse and you'll receive him. And then with him at your side and in your heart, you can face anything that 2018 throws at you. And for you and for me that have followed the Lord for any length of time, we have received him. But we come to church because we somehow want to move forward with him. Well, guess what? It says very clearly that you and I can walk in him in the same way received him. Maybe for you in 2017, you came squarely face to face with some weaknesses that you didn't even know were there in your own heart and life. You discovered depths of weakness in yourself you never knew were there. And maybe you're afraid that your future is more of the same. But you too can follow this one verse and I'm telling you this is uh, the secret, the key, the, the guaranteed formula if you will, the pattern. For you and I to live the abundant life. That we would marry these two verses together. That we would see that where there is no revelation from God, you've got no clear direction. Oh, but when you delight yourself in God's Word and you walk in Him, then you find happiness. And here, the instruction is for all of us. Just as you received Him, walk in Him. So that begs the question. How do we receive the Lord Jesus Christ? We receive Him by faith. And how does faith express itself in our life? Where does it come from? The Bible says faith comes by, somebody help me out, hearing. And hearing what? The Word of God. You see, you received Him by faith because somebody shared the story with you. Somebody shared with you that there was a need in your life for salvation. You don't receive the Spirit of God, the salvation of God, by going up on top of a mountain and contemplating it. You've heard me say this over and over as your pastor. One of the foundational principles we need to drill into our hearts and our minds is this, that Christianity is not based in philosophy. It is not a set of beliefs. It's based in history, that Jesus Christ left heaven and came to earth, giving men 
men, women, boys and girls the opportunity to leave earth and go to heaven, to have a relationship with God. And because it was a historical event where Jesus came to the earth, he was positioned in one locale. He was there in Jerusalem and in Bethlehem and all around Judea. And as he walked those mountainsides and those hills and those valleys, and as he taught and healed and ultimately bled and died and was raised again, that is the message that we have to know to be saved, that Jesus died in our place. You receive that by faith, and faith comes by hearing the Word of God. So you put Proverbs 29 right alongside Colossians 2, and you begin to see without a revelation from God, without the Word of God, people go whatever direction they want. You know what that describes? Every newspaper story in 2018 in America. People are just making up their own rules, doing their own thing, deciding their own standards. And the reality is that God has made the standard for us. And when we walk by revelation of God, the Bible says about that person, happy is he. That word happy can't fully contain the expression of the Hebrew mind there. It's blessed. It's abundantly overjoyed. The one who walks in the word of God will find great bubbling excitement and joy and for you and for me we need to understand that the apostle Paul here writing to the church at Colossae is sharing with us a powerful structure as and so as you received so walk you see with Christ Jesus the Lord our 2018 is no longer bound by our potential it's not limited by our resolutions it's unlimited by all that he is because we walk in him. You know, think about this. He's been doing that same thing for people for 2,000 years. Back in the early church, one commentator said this, something beautiful and humane and sustainable came into our brutal and exhausted world, and we can have it today all over again. If we bring our weakness to his strength, Christ Jesus the Lord will be here among us. You see, as you received who? Christ Jesus the Lord. Say that with me. Christ Jesus the the Lord. Say it again. Christ Jesus the Lord. You see, it's the Messiah, the sent one, the anointed one of God. Jesus, that name, God will save his people from their sins. Jesus Christ, our Lord. When you receive him as the Lord of your life, then he is available to you in all of his splendor, in all of his power, in all access. We can come to him with bold requests. We can come to his throne with confidence that it's not based on our ability, our willpower, our design, our desire. And for you and for me in this season of New Year's resolutions, why don't you just stop and say, the only resolution I need to make is this one. I want to walk according to the word of God. I want to walk by faith in his grace. Aren't you thankful for his grace? I, I made a mess of 2017 in a lot of areas of my life. You know why? There was no kazon, no vision. Attached different scenarios to that word where there is no vision what did it say the people perish or cast off restraint where there is no kazone relationally what happens when there's not a vision 
a God-given directive for our relationships. You know what happens? Statistics happen. Half of all marriages end in divorce. You know what else happens in a place like America? Countless thousands of children are in orphanages and in foster systems. Why? Because there was no design by God for relationships. Put in finances. Where there is no financial vision, what happens? People spend all they want to spend and they end up up to their eyeballs in debt and in trouble and hurting and scrambling and just trying to rob Peter to pay Paul. And maybe that's your circumstance and maybe, just maybe, it's because you've not done money God's way. Where there is no vision, I'm going to quit preaching and start meddling for a second. Where there's no vision physically, what happens? We eat whatever we want, ever how much of it we want to eat, and we don't exercise, and we don't do right. And God has a plan. God says that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. He says, in fact, that exercise, physical exercise, is of some value. Now, for you and for me, in the next eight weeks, my desire is that we would begin to see a courageous vision for the future, relationally, financially, spiritually, physically. We would begin to say, God, I want to submit myself and surrender myself to follow you more closely in this coming year. My desire is that I would get right with God. And if you've never received Christ, today you can do that. And the Bible says, as you received him, and we know how, by faith, how do we get to that faith? By hearing the word of God. Where there is a vision, the Bible says those people are happy when they delight themselves in it, when they follow it. I'm not trying to stir up your affections for a sense of exterior happiness. I'm trying to move us to a place where we pursue joy. And joy is unending. Because we treasure Jesus Christ, it never goes Away, And I don't know about you, but I would say, give me some of that. I I want to walk in that kind of life. I want to live in that kind of design, that kind of plan, that kind of vision. Listen to this. Here's a quote from Martin Luther that I think would apply to our goal in 2018. It ought to be the primary goal of every Christian to put aside confidence in works and grow stronger in the belief that we are saved by faith alone. That we would simply trust the Lord Jesus Christ. In fact, let me get you to fill in the blank on a statement. How would you fill in this blank as you look to the new year? It ought to be my primary goal in 2018 to blank. How would you fill that in? My hope is that you would say, oh God, I want to trust you more. I want to walk with you. Just as I received you by grace, I want to walk in your grace. Just as I received the Lord Jesus Christ. I want to walk in Him, humbly submitted to Him. You see, you need to hear this. It should not be our goal, and it is not our goal in 2018 to be amazing for Jesus. It ought to be our goal to be amazed by Jesus. Folks, that right there is good stuff. When you try to say, I'm going to do all that I can for the Lord, why don't you just quit? Get off that treadmill. If you're going to experience a season of growth, it's going to be not because you grit your teeth and by determination and sheer willpower follow the Lord. You can't do it. He can. The Apostle Paul said this, I am crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but the life that I now live, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. You see, the Christian life is about surrender and allowing him to live through you. And that pursuit, that vision, that kazone 
God's design for you is that you would invest time in His Word. And when you learn what His Word says, you begin to learn how you are to navigate life. Because the Word of God, that information, is coupled with illumination, which is the Spirit revealing what God has for you through His Word. And when that happens, a powerful thing takes place. I begin all the more to live in freedom because I get to say, I don't have to perform to please. I I just simply have to obey. Trusting and obeying. That I would not try to be amazing for Jesus. I would simply in 2018 be amazed by Jesus Christ. If you're weak, that's no reason to not come to Jesus. In fact, that's a good reason. That's the whole point. Both when we start and as we grow. Let Let me share this thought with you this morning. If you have become such a good Christian that you need Jesus less now, then you have completely lost your way. If you're here today and you look at others in the church and you say, you know, the church is filled with hypocrites. You're right, it is. When we bow, when we bow up our chest and, and, and say that we've got it all together, we've lost our way. I, I don't know about you, I, I've now been a Christian for 30 plus years. And I need Jesus more today than I ever did the first day that I met him. And that's not an admission of failure of my faith. That's hopefully some confirmation that I'm on the right path because that is the heart of Christianity. We need Jesus every day that we would surrender to him and submit to him and say, God, I can't do this. I can't resist temptations. I can't stand up to the things of the world. I can't in my own strength witness. I don't want to. I don't necessarily want to read your word or hunger after these things, but his spirit within us does. And so for us, it might be a great day for a checkup. You need to check your spiritual pulse and see, do you really belong to him? Are you in him? That one verse, as you receive Christ, walk in Him. If you're walking in works, maybe you didn't receive Him by grace. Maybe you just have come to church and you went through the motions and you walked down the aisle and you took a pastor by the hand and you prayed a prayer and you were baptized, but you've never been saved. The Bible says, as you received Him, so walk in Him. And we can walk that forwards or backwards. If you're walking by works, maybe it's because you're trusting in a salvation that came from works and you need to trust Jesus and receive Him today. I think it's dangerous that in the Bible Belt, it's a good place to hide, even from yourself. What do you mean, Pastor? Here's a good diagnostic for us. A good diagnostic might be, how did you receive Jesus? Was it a mindset that you could do nothing and desperately needed Him? Did you think somehow Jesus owes you something or owns you? You see, many people scratch their heads and say this, it would be wrong for Jesus to judge me and send me to hell. If that's your mindset, then you may, just may, not be saved. You see, I had to come to a place where I said, I I absolutely deserve Separation from God, punishment from God. But he gave me just the opposite. 
I want you to hear one pastor talk for just a moment about ministry in the Bible Belt and why it's so difficult. Listen to these words as you watch the screen. powerful words to think about, that we have somehow missed the, the reality of the beauty of Jesus and the grace that he extends by trying to be moralistic, by trying to do more and, and be better and to come to church more and to serve in some way and somehow let that be the standard for how we're walking in him. Again, as you received him, so walk in him. As you are walking in him really points back to how you received him. And if you're walking by works, you better check yourself out. So today, if you're saved, if you have trusted the Lord Jesus, would you just treasure him all the more who is Lord Jesus the Christ who is he we heard it played earlier what a friend we have in Jesus he is the one that loves you with an unending love an undying love I, I love this one pastor long ago reframed or recreated how the risen Jesus might have sent his apostles out into the world listen to this it's as Jesus said to them if you meet the Roman soldier who thrust his spear into my side tell him that I cherish him with the very heart that he is wounded tell him from me that he will uh, put me through more pain by refusing my atoning blood than when he drew forth blood from my body. What a friend we have in Jesus. All of our sins and griefs to bear. In 2018, let's begin a conscious pursuit of Jesus Christ in his grace. And let that grace be founded in a study of his word. Let us find the vision, the revelation, the kazone that God has for each of us. I want to challenge you to make this commitment. Over the next eight weeks, if you will, be here every opportunity you have Sundays and Wednesdays we're walking through this study we're going to study spiritual gifts and past experiences and God's grace together and the word of God and begin to look at how all of those things tie in together and as they do you'll begin to walk in victory
in ways that perhaps you never have before. Walking in freedom as you never have before. Not on the treadmill of legalism. Not on this place of saying, I've got to do more and try to be more. No, that I'm going to rest more in His grace. And I'm going to trust Him more fully. And watch Him come alive in and through my life and my family. Here's a resolution I want to give to you. It's a prayer. I want you to pray it with me. Are you ready? It goes something like this. Dear God, give me the grace to follow you more closely than ever before in 2018. Listen to those words. Oh, we could parse them out. But just let the weight of that sink. Let it wash over you. Oh, that we would as a church family pursue that goal. Oh, that you as a dad would begin to pursue that goal. You as a mom or as a husband or a wife or a grandparent or a student, you would say, oh, dear God, would you give me the grace to follow you more closely than ever before in this coming year? Would you give me that grace? And you're washing, you're, excuse me, you're walking through both Proverbs 29 and Colossians 2. Because when you say, God, give me the grace, how is he going to guide your way with a kazon, with a vision, with his word? And as you received him, so walk in him, in his grace. Walking daily in his grace and in his word will lead you to walking in his will and in his way. It's not about being amazing for Jesus. It's about being amazed by Jesus. Treasuring him above all else and walking in. His word. Dear God, give me the grace. Give me the grace to follow after you more closely than ever in 2018. Today, if you've never started a relationship with God, we want to help you. We have encouragers. They are just folks that want to pray with you. They'll come and they'll be here at the front. We're going to sing a hymn. And as we're singing, you step out from wherever you are and you come to them and they'll just pray with you. That's all. They're not going to embarrass you in any way. They're not going to, to harm you in any way. They just want to pray with you. And they'll pray with you and they can share with you from God's Word what it means to have a relationship with God. And if you have come to that place of stalling out or you've come to the place where you recognize you veered away from His grace, and you are walking in your own strength and in your own power, and you're frustrated by it, good news, you can walk in grace today. Why don't you just leave it at His feet? You can come and pray with these encouragers. You can pray right there where you are. But why don't you let that prayer be the resolution of your heart and your mind in 2018? You're going to start out this year by saying, I'm walking in grace to follow Jesus more closely than ever before. Let's pray, and then we're going to sing and let you have a time with God. Father, we thank you for this day. We pray that you would speak to us even in these moments. God, my, my heart is so stirred that so many people ha have different designs for life. That the Muslim would say, I'll keep the commands of the Quran and God will give me eternal life. That the Jew would say, I'll keep the law and God will be merciful to me. That Christians would in a legalistic way say, I'm going to do works. And somehow earn God's favor. 
Father, we all think that way. It's in the heart of man to try to make our own way. And it makes life sad and tedious, cumbersome. God, would you set people free today from the tyranny of religion to walk in grace. For your glory, in Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand and sing and let God have his way during this time of decision.